Welcome to the Highly Sensitive Parenthood Podcast. I'm Amy Laginus, your podcast host and guide to not only surviving, but thriving as a highly sensitive parent. Together, we'll dive into common challenges of highly sensitive parents, hear from other HSPs and empaths about their experiences in parenthood, and learn to honor and celebrate our sensitivity, not only as parents, but as humans. Welcome. Three things not to say to your highly sensitive child. Welcome, I'm Amy Lagidis, and I'm the founder of HighlySensitiveParenthood.com, an online resource center for highly sensitive parents and highly sensitive children. I wanted to share today about three things not to say to your highly sensitive child. So I've shared previously um, about three things that you should be saying to your highly sensitive child regularly, and today I'm kind of looking at the opposite of that. Um, I want to lead off with, I know that as a, as a fellow parent of a highly sensitive child or a deeply feeling child, it can be difficult to know what to say when your child's upset, particularly if you yourself are also frustrated or upset about what's happening. Um, so these are just guidelines. I by no means am advocating that you need to be perfect or that you can never ever say these things to your child, but rather just to look out for when you are saying them, if there are more gentle ways to respond um, that might actually feel better for you in the long run too. So uh, these these statements are built to um, built to be productive, built to be effective. Uh, versus the the ones that I'm about to share are more they're counterproductive. They're not going to be helpful to support your child. So if you're looking for those positive productive statements head back to the three things to say to your highly sensitive child. Today, we're looking at three things and not to say. So the three statements that we'll be looking at are, why are you so sensitive? Number two, hurry up and do it. It'll be fine. And number three, stop feeling blank. It's not that big of a deal. So we can already see on the surface that these are not going to be super helpful, but I'm going to get into depth about why and give you a bit more insight on that. So let's start with why are you so sensitive? Um, one of the most powerful ways that you can support your highly sensitive child is to examine your own internal beliefs about sensitivity. And if you notice any beliefs about sensitivity being wrong or a flaw, um, do your best to get rid of those beliefs, to release them, um, because you will almost certainly reflect them back to your child and your child might start to perceive that you think that they're you know, messed up or that they're not enough or that there's something wrong with them. And that's usually not something that we want to communicate to our children about themselves or how we feel about them. So if you notice that you're saying things to your child, like, oh, why are you so sensitive? Or stop crying. It's not that big of a deal. Take a step back, reflect. Um, in all likelihood, you probably know that these statements are going to do nothing to actually reduce your child's sensitivity. They're not going to, they might learn to bottle it up, but it's going to come out in other unhelpful ways in the long run. Um, so we don't want to cause them. We don't want to cause sensitivity. We don't want to cause shame, um, beyond what our child is already going to feel by adding, adding to their, their burden by saying, this is wrong. You stop feeling this way. Don't cry. The second statement we'll look at is hurry up and do it. It'll be fine. So you might not know this, but highly sensitive people and children have, um, a strong sort of pause to check mechanism in their brain. And that just means that they are 
they tend to not just jump right into a new activity. They tend to not go for something that's really going to be risky. Instead, um, they like to observe, kind of look around, gather some information, see what's going on. Um, for older kids, looking at the pros and cons of different choices. Um, for younger kids, it's just kind of observing, looking at your reactions to see what you're th thinking and feeling in any particular situation. Um, but some parents become frustrated when their child is not eager to jump right into a new situation. Um, and they can say things like, just come on, hurry up and do it. It's going to be fine. I don't know what you're so worried about. Um, and really that is, uh, it's invalidating of your child's feelings when you say things like that, because their, their fear or their hesitancy, um, is part of, it's part of who they are. It's, it doesn't mean they can't move through it but usually just pushing them th through it is gonna, you're gonna meet with resistance. They're gonna dig their heels in um, and they're gonna be really uncomfortable and they're, they might lash out or they might um, feel really frustrated or feel really misunderstood when you try to push them into something that's way outside of their comfort zone. Um, so when your child is not super eager to jump right in, make sure that you are taking the time to scaffold. This is a kind of a developmental word that really means that you're kind of stair-stepping them up towards something new, that you're allowing them the time that their brains and bodies need to observe, to check it out, to think, gosh, can I do this? Um, well, maybe I want to try that, but I'm not quite ready to do that big thing yet. So let's say they're, they're trying to learn to ride a bike. Um, I don't think most parents would just like plop a kid on a bike and <laughs> good good luck, but it's a, it's a great metaphor for um, how we can support our kids in various endeavors when they're feeling a little hesitant. Um, so you might first have them watch other kids ride bikes or watch you ride a bike. They might then get a bike with training wheels and try that out. They might then get a bike with only one training wheel or with no training wheels and just sit on it for a moment. Once they feel comfortable with that, they might have you kind of hold the handlebars and you know, let them feel how it feels to be a little unstable and to try to balance, but you're still kind of holding on to them so they won't fall. Then you might take them out to a kind of a grassy patch and so they can ride, but if they fall over, they're not gonna get scraped up. And then slowly they're they're gaining the confidence, they're built, they're sca you're scaffolding them up towards feeling confident that they can um, take care of themselves and to, to, um, to be confident in that activity. So you're building resilience and you're building a sense of, um, capability in them that's going to be really helpful. Whereas if you just said, come on, you'll be fine. If you fall, it's not that big of a deal. Just get on the bike. You're, they're going to, it's going to backfire, right? We all know that. Um, so take that same learning into other um, activities. It could be other sports. It could be things like um, skateboarding or uh, trying a new um, class or a new team sport or a new activity, or even just joining in a new friend group um, or attending a birthday party. If you see them on the edges, try to avoid saying, come on, just, it'll be fine. Go ahead and do it. And instead say, hey, like, do you want me to go over and chat with this other parent? You can, that other kid over there looks a little uncertain too. Let's go see if we can talk to them. So you're, you're taking them up towards um, where you want them to be. And of course, adding lots of encouragement on the back end. So I'm proud of you for trying. I know you're a little bit nervous, but wasn't that cool? You seemed like you really got along with that kid or like, wow, yeah, you can ride a bike all by yourself. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you for trying. So those are some things to say to your child um, instead of, come on, just hurry up and do it. It'll be fine. Um, so not rushing them is, is a good thing. And lastly, 
stop feeling blank, it's not that big of a deal. So this is kind of along the same lines, but um, a little bit more in terms of their emotions rather than their, um, their behavior or their hesitancy in situations. So I want you to reflect, have you ever been told by a partner or a friend or a family member, stop feeling upset or stop crying, just calm down. And I bet not a single one of you can reflect on that and say like, oh, that was so helpful. I'm so glad they said that to me. That felt amazing. No, it feels terrible. It feels invalidating, right? When, when we're upset and somebody tells us to stop feeling that way, um, it totally backfires. And unfortunately, a lot of us do that to our children and uh, usually it backfires as well. Um, sometimes they do stop crying, but the, the feelings and the frustration remain usually. Um, sometimes distraction can help snap them out of it, but telling them to not feel that way usually does not work. Um, that said, what, what does work instead of telling them to stop feeling that way is to just validate their emotions. I see that you're feeling this way. I understand why you feel upset. Um, it's okay to feel sad. So some way we, we can think of ourselves when someone says that to us, we go, oh, okay, like I feel understood. I feel now I can move on to like solving the problem rather than just staying stuck in that feeling. So when you say those positive things to your child, it's okay to feel this way. I understand um, it sets the stage for them to feel understood and supported. And our goal as parents is not to magnify their emotions. And, and that's one misconception is that by, um, by saying it's okay to feel this way, that we're like going to blow up their feelings and the sadness is going to just escalate out of control, um, for example. But what it really does is it, it helps them to, to say, oh, yeah, somebody else sees how I feel and they still, they love me and they're going to help me work through this. And so it actually helps to dissipate the emotion more quickly when we say, it's okay you're feeling this way or I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. Um, so once your child feels understood and validated in their emotions, rather than just pushed away, like they're not allowed to feel that way, they're actually able to be, um, to be comforted or to, uh, to take on calming or coping, um, activities that are going to help them to feel better. So, um, if we're still actively feeling that overwhelming, intense emotion, we can't think about like, oh, it's going to feel good for me to take a shower or go on a walk or to get cuddles from mommy or whatever. Um, but when we feel heard, when your child feels heard, they feel like they're allowed to feel that way. They're going to be much more open to, okay, yeah, no, you're right. I need a snack or I need a cuddle or, um, I'm ready for my nap. <laughs> um, so by doing these, uh, by, by validating their emotions rather than saying, stop feeling this way, we're actually helping them move through that difficult feeling, which is a win-win. We, we don't have to deal with their big feelings for longer than we absolutely need to. And we help them, um, we help them move through it more quickly and we help them to build a sense of, um, of competency and mastery that they know how to recognize their emotions and they know how to move through them to the other side, sometimes with a little support from us as parents. So those are three things not to say to your highly sensitive child and a, a few tips on what to stay, say instead. Um, if you found these helpful and if you have a child who is highly sensitive or deeply feeling, I really encourage you to check out um, highlysensitiveparenthood.com, my resource website, and in particular, a course that I've developed just for parents of highly sensitive children called Supporting Your Highly Sensitive Child. You can find it in the courses section of the uh, highlysensitiveparenthood.com website. And it is a, um, an online video-based course similar to this, but with much more in-depth um, kind of structured 
information, reflection, and practical resources on how to support and advocate for um, your highly sensitive child um, in your family and within their, themselves and also in other um, settings uh, such as school and sports and that kind of thing. So I really encourage you to check that out if you're interested. There's a lot more information about what the course entails, um, again, at HighlySensitiveParenthood.com. And that is the Supporting Your Highly Sensitive Child course. All right, well, take care. I'll be back soon with more information on how to support yourself as a highly sensitive parent or how to support your highly sensitive child. Thanks for joining us on the Highly Sensitive Parenthood podcast. For more resources, including our blog, toolkit, and online course for highly sensitive parents, visit highlysensitiveparenthood.com.